0: and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is episode 73 already, and it's a new Q&A and Street Challenge episode. I'm happy to have the new owner and executive director of the Minneapolis Photo Center on the show, my friend Jeff Harrington. And after answering a few listener questions, we will give the names of the winners of the last Street Challenge and announce a new one before giving our picks of the week. Welcome, Jeff. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. I'm I'm up here in in the frigid Twin Cities. It's 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 a little bit warmer today for, for February, but we're getting through it. And it was so great to, to finally meet you a month ago at the Center. Uh, thanks for stopping in.
0: Yes, it's, uh, it's great. I'm just really excited to, uh, to have you there as the new director. And uh, we're already talking about projects that we will do together later this year. So lots lots happening in the Twin Cities.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's a really great creative community. Um, Some of the great ad agencies um, in the country, if not the world, have have been located here for 25, 30 years. Uh, Lots of commercial photography, um, lots of art photography, uh, just um, a great photo town, really an an art lover town for its size.
0: Yeah. And tell us a little bit about yourself now before you you took charge of the of the full center last year uh, what uh, what's your background
1: well you know it's really um a full circle position for me i um grew up in western north dakota um on a ranch actually um my family had been in the cattle business for 60 years and so you know that's the prairie and uh very rural um And uh, I got my hands on a camera pretty young, and so was was just exposed to to really the negative space of the prairie, and really kind of isolated uh, subjects. And so that's kind of what I saw as as a young boy. Of course, I had a high school photo class, like a lot of us did, and uh, throughout that, uh, you know, people would just look at my pictures and say, "Gosh, those are kind of strange." (laughs) So, you know, I, I think that's a common A common theme, or or those are sure good, you know. And I think that early encouragement, that recognition by others that that you're seeing things differently. um, Mm -hmm. I think you don't recognize it until others notice it. To be honest, how how would you how would you know? So, um, but just did it kind of casually. Went off to college, and again, my buddies were like, "Man, look at these pictures!" So, I in earnest decided to study photography. um, Mid college, moved to St. Cloud. Uh, Minnesota. There, there were a number of, of photography programs uh, at Saint Cloud, in, including journalism, art, and actually photo tech, which at the time I didn't know it uh, was to train you to become a Kodak a um, printer mm-hmm. you know, in a photo store. And so uh, I got out of there pretty quick, but but pursued as much art and photojournalism, and frankly, just um, working with with friends on campus. Um, you know, after on a small campus, you kind of realize pretty quick um, who's who, yeah, and and who can make pictures. So, um I got out of there in '82, and uh quite luckily, um, really amazingly, got got a job in the Twin Cities with um, uh, a gentleman named Doctor Smith Schooneman, actually R. Smith Schooneman, and little did I know. He had just come out of the U of M and, and had been um, the photojournalism instructor there for 16 years and uh, trained some of the best and brightest and greatest photojournalists uh, of the next 30, 40 years. So it was uh, complete serendipity on my part. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Smitty was my mentor for 15 years. Um, I uh, worked with him. Um, we were doing slideshows. Um, and um, educational slideshows, so working with the Westons and uh, Ernst Haas, believe it or not, Mary mm-hmm. Ellen Mark, uh, I met Jim Brandenburg there, Bill Allard, uh, Ralph Gibson, Jerry Uelsman, I mean, it's just unreal. So as a young man was exposed to these artists and their pictures and their words, and um, in hindsight, it was, um, it was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but we grew that business uh, into a more corporate concern, started doing business theater, film and video, uh, large events. Um, so pictures kind of uh, were subjugated for me professionally. I, I continued to to work on art photography um, and uh, I, I shot slides almost exclusively because we were doing slideshows. So Ectochrome 64 became my main squeeze, as I like to say. And so traveled the country uh, quite extensively on corporate jobs, but uh, was up every morning and, and out at night uh, working on the streets. So So here's the Prairie Kid
2: mm-hmm. in
1: Manhattan, and it's, I, I just uh, it was like my world just exploded the, the moment I got into, into big cities. It um, really just transformed me completely. And um, I became a color street photographer, really, for the next 30 years. Um, I just, in fact, just recently started seeing in, in black and white again within the last six months. Uh, and that's a whole other subject. But um, I then moved on to, uh, after MediaLoft, uh, I moved on to uh, BBDO. Um, and was doing uh, brand advertising, and guess what, right back in New York. I I was lucky enough to uh, work with BBD New York a fair amount, so I'm back in the city. And had my cameras uh, with me, really, at all times. And um, then moved on to a a digital marketing firm here in the Twin Cities Um, as an executive. Helped grow it uh, into a national firm. Uh, but again, wasn't doing photography professionally. It, it, it remained a, a passion and, and uh, uh, exhibited occasionally uh, in call for entries and, and little one-man shows. But I, I really kept it alive. And now um, I'm working with it every day at, at mm-hmm. the photo center, immersed in it. It's, it's just an absolute dream come true to be at the photo center.
0: So tell us a little bit about the photo center. Um, what's what's its mission? <laughs>
1: You know, it uh, it's the place where photography lives in the Twin Cities. Um, And for people
0: for people who don't know, the Twin Cities, because this show is as an international audience, is Minneapolis and St. Paul in Minnesota. They're called the Twin Cities because there are two major cities separated by the Mississippi River. So when we refer to the Twin Cities, it's Minneapolis, St. Paul. Just like when you land in the Twin Cities, they don't tell you you're landing in Minneapolis. They don't tell you you're landing in the Twin Cities, which for a lot of people who've never heard the term before, it's very frightening. They think they're on the wrong plane.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. That's very important. And you know, Minneapolis, Saint Paul really are amazing. The mm-hmm. um, uh, the Minis- Mississippi and uh, Minnesota River meet uh, right about where Minneapolis and Saint Paul meet. So you know, these are these are famous, huge rivers. That of course, yeah. um, the Mississippi flows all all the way to um, the Gulf of Mexico. Um, both cities built on on commerce, milling, and, and lumber, and, and others, but um, really complementary cities. Mm-hmm. Um, Minneapolis, I would say, a little faster paced. Yes, um, definitely. And and but St. Paul, more like a, a you know a early European city. But the two together are just wonderful. And uh, and of course, we serve both. Um, we're called the Minneapolis Photo Center. Um, and that's, uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, 20 years ago, there was something called the Minnesota Center for Photography, MCP. It was a nonprofit. It flourished, and eventually it started fading about seven, eight years ago. And our founder, uh, Ori Richick, uh, at this time, he created the Minneapolis Photo Center, and as mcp was was failing he invited that group of over 200 members to uh try and and um, hang out at the minneapolis photo center it, it it's a bit confusing to people uh even now but uh we are branded minneapolis photo center it started as a true uh co-op if you will kind of a uh Safety raft for photographers. It was, it was when digital was really tipping over silver completely. And there was confusion in, in the marketplace about how to do it and who you should call. And this group grew uh, probably a 10-person co-op into th- almost 350 members over the next six years. Wow. So the core, the, the core of the center is, in fact, a membership group. Uh, it has now grown. We're up to about 400. And uh, the privileges of membership include your own pass key. Uh, you can come in anytime. Uh, we're open. Um, we've got a nice kitchen, a, a, like a living room, like lounge, a beautiful studio co-op with with a salon, uh, exhibits, um, shooting bays. Um, we have a um, a digital lab which consists of twelve IMAX with all the latest and greatest um, Adobe and uh, Lightroom and Nick. Software licenses, three Epson printers, um, and, and one of the last public access, Silver Dark Rooms in the Twin yes, Cities. quite uh, impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the essence of what members would do. Um, Studio bays, um, printing, digital printing, scanning, uh, and frankly, just hanging out with mm-hmm. photographers. Um, it really is a social community. Um, people sometimes just drop in after work, honestly, to have a cup of coffee and, and see their friends and and hang around in the dark room and and snoop around at who's printing what. It's it's really fun.
0: And it's in that really cool industrial, old industrial building, brick building. Um, yes. Brick and wood, and it's beautiful.
1: It's 130 years old. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funky, but but what it, what that means is that the a number of the rooms are just gorgeous natural light mm-hmm. um, throughout the day. Um, a lot of portraits done with natural natural light, some nudes, um, and um, distressed brick and distressed wood. So it's it's really a, a favorite of of portraitists and even some fashion. Um, you, you know, if you if you dare go strobeless.
0: Yeah, for sure. That, that's that's my style. I. I love window light.
1: Yeah, well, this mm-hmm. is you, you've seen it. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's quite quite nice. And then just one more thing. One of the keys to the, the center is, of course, the galleries. We have a huge photography gallery. I think one of the, one of the largest uh, in the Twin Cities, uh, not counting the uh, the Walker and the Art Institute. And we're open seven days a week. We have uh, seven to eight uh, major shows a year. They they tend to stay up for six to eight weeks. Um, The formula in the past, and of course, this was all created by the Richicks, who who moved on to Berkeley just um, in in October, uh, was six of those exhibits uh, in the main gallery are called for entries. Um, So we we choose a theme and a juror, and we accept entries, and often we'll get um, somewhere between 800 and 1,000 photographs entered electronically. We accept digital files, and then the... um, the the juror reviews them online, and they uh, we tend to show somewhere between seventy five and ninety pictures, um, and then uh, those are um, the nominees send send in photographs that are, are framed to to our spec, and if 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 they can't do that, we will print and frame for them, and then we we have an opening for. Often eighty artists, so mm-hmm. those are very exciting. We get inter- we get international entrants uh, and and national, so it's it's not just uh, Midwest. We uh, usually for a call for entry, about one third of the images uh, will be uh, national or international, and they're qu- they're quite good. Our, our call for entries are uh, the work is excellent as a rule.
0: Yeah, and it brings a big crowd. I've I've been to one of them um the the last one actually. I must have been in the fall. Um and um it was hard to park.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know. The, people come, you know, this this is a really an art-loving town and and, and people yeah. love photography here and the scent, we have good parties, you know, we have great yeah. openings, uh, we're known for good food and, and good wine, and, but primarily people, I think they, they say they, they come for the pictures and they stay for the food. <laughs> that's great. So that's part of our brand. Um, and, then, and then we also uh, feature uh, two or three times a year at what I call an artiste show, uh, usually a one-person show, sometimes two, uh, you know, a national or international stature, um, artist or, or photojournalist, uh, or both. And, uh, the turnout is not as big for those because of course the, the call for entries, you know, it's, it's a, it's an opening for 80 artists. Sure. And so, and so they're, by the time their friends and families and girlfriends come and boyfriends, you know, I mean, it's, it's really, really packed. Um, but the RT shows are important because, you know, this is the aspiration and inspiration that, um, is critical for a photo center. We, we need to be showing the best and the newest and the greatest uh, and the masters um, because, you know, why else do we do it? But, but to make that's pictures right. and, to, and to look at pictures. Um, that's, uh,
0: that's awesome. I'll,
1: I'll mention just one more. I, w- very important thing. We, we offer now 25 photography classes. Um, they tend to be six hours or two days for six hours. And so it'll be beginning digital, digital two Composition, um, Photoshop. Um, I'm sorry, Lightroom. So, so some technical, so, some uh, camera handling. Uh, we're about to announce uh, Humans of Minneapolis. That'll be street uh, street photography mm-hmm. uh, with Stacy Glarus. Uh, we're we're just days from launching. I'm excited about this. Talk about trendy uh, drone aerial cam aesthetics. So we are, yes, people, we are going to be offering uh, classes in properly flying drones and photographing from them. So that's exciting. I expect those will fill up. So it really runs the gamut. Um, But they tend to be workshop seminar-type courses. Uh, You know, they're not 12-week college Mm curriculum, if you will. So that's uh, the center. There's a lot going on there, Um, and uh, it's all about photography. So Mm -hmm. it's – and I've heard from, from, you know, I've just been there three months, but I've heard from people who travel and people who know that, that we are one of the better centers in the, in the United States. Um, that's,
0: that's wonderful. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. And I'm so excited to, uh, to get involved with it. Um, thank you. Um, this, we're this we're excited,
1: excited to be talking to you about that. We'll uh, announce something here at the end of the show about um, some things in the fall.
0: Sounds good. Well, okay. let's just jump right into the Q&A segment. And uh, I've received some questions that were directed to... Um to you because you know we don't i don't have on the show uh, someone who who runs a a photo center or gallery very often so i thought that would that was just a great opportunity so the first question came from richard flansberg and he asked is the internet making walking bricks and mortar galleries obsolete or will the number of galleries face massive consolidation jeff what is Mm. uh what are your thoughts on that
1: you know, I don't think it's making them obsolete. Um, it may be making them more precious. Mm-hmm. I think the tradition of making a picture with intention, choosing it, printing it, and exhibiting it on a wall with other pictures, whether it be paintings or photographs or other other art, um, it's, it's such a um it's such a tradition that goes back i mean arguably 1500 years you know in our world there's there's something so precious and powerful about walking into a room with art in it mm-hmm. um and i believe that photography in particular um great photographers will aspire to to exhibit their work in a room where others can be together and look at it together mm-hmm. um, there, there's an energy that happens now you might argue that the pictures on the walls could be electronic images uh, we might have forty electronic frames that are that are um, scrolling through electronic pictures um, and that that's been done and and I intend to do that eventually but the very nature of a gallery the bricks and mortar um The interacting with the picture uh you know preferably a printed image, or both actually i I'm, we're, we're 'm I'm brainstorming a show that'll be mass multimedia uh, for next year with it with a quite well known photographer and it will be a combination of of lit photographs and uh, electronic photographs um so I think that hybrid's fine but you know, the, the web is the web. Uh, pictures are proliferating online. Uh, it's fun to move them around, um, share them instantly, get comments. All that's cool uh, and important. Um, so I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't, th- I don't think the web is killing galleries. As for consolidation, um, I've not been in the commercial gallery business uh, ever. This, this is my, my, my first endeavor with a gallery. So I'm not currently up to speed with the level of consolidation. Our our gallery will always be a traffic driver into the center and something for uh, our members to aspire to. Um, So, you know, it will continue to be, let's say, you know, 20% of of what our uh, center is about. Uh, I think it would be difficult to have a small gallery dedicated to photography um i think there's probably more risk there
2: mm-hmm.
1: um with with traffic um and i love online i i, I love facebook and and uh, sharing pictures and, and getting comments let's face it photographers are exhibitionists mm-hmm. and we want feedback on our work um and it's tougher and tougher to get into galleries so i again i i just think it's uh it's both. It's I happen to be a skier, and, and some days I snowboard, and some days I ski. And if you asked me which I prefer, I'd say depends on who I'm with and what the snow's like. That's so right. I think I think there might be some parallels with photography.
0: Yeah, true. That's a good good answer. Yeah, and thank I, you. Uh, that's uh, it. Was a great question. Thank you, Richard. Um, and now I received two questions that I could probably. A bit similar so we'll try to combine them the first one was by steve brokaw and he asked what type of advice would you give a young developing creative who would like to have his or her work curated for a show and kim brit asked what are you looking for in photography content quality originality or all of the above Mm. so what advice would you give someone who's never showed their work in a gallery and wants to to give it a shot
1: well i think it's the same uh, i've been in business for 25 years i think it's the same basic advice i'd give almost anyone in business which is relationships relationships mm-hmm. relationships um get out into your you know local regional art community um be at the openings show interest you know hobnob um especially these days with iPhones and facebook and stuff you know s- start kind of teasing your pictures around um And just insinuate yourself. Uh, I've coached my sons on this. In life, uh, you need to artfully insinuate yourself. Now, of course, once once you get that, somebody that'll say, yeah, I'll look at your pictures. You know, now you better have the goods. Um, I think um, come with a a passionate, uh, well-edited group of work. Um, You know, if... If you're 25 years old and you've never shown before, uh, you know, you by definition have a retrospective, I guess. Um, I would like to see, I'd prefer to see a project. Uh, I'd prefer to see a lot of consistency in the work Um, and frankly, a a singular voice. Uh, I think, I think you need to have something to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's tough for a young photographer to have a voice, but I think the good ones There are visual elements that are consistent and that that keep showing up. Uh, And so I'd rather see a focused point of view than kind of a broad, you know, I can do everything um, for sure. I'd rather see a a trip to Cuba or, you know, the Alps or wherever, Nebraska, and real focused on, even if it's 10 to 12 pictures, I'd I'd like to see a picture story. Mm -hmm. that That would interest me much more than kind of your greatest hits because I, I think that would almost, by definition, water down the focus.
0: So true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Very thank good you. point. Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Uh, as for quality, what were the choices? Uh, uh,
0: content, quality, originality. Hmm.
1: Content, quality, originality. I'm not sure you've got a picture without all those. That's true. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know content uh, don't show me something that doesn't matter quality uh, that's that's the one that I think is uh, more debatable I, yeah. I think the classic quality standards uh, for instance i haven't made a deliberately sharp art photograph uh, in in a few years my my, my recent work is deliberately I, sh- I shoot mostly under half a second on purpose i'm trying to uh, you know, uh, paint with light, uh, smear things, uh, abstract things. Uh, some people would look at my pictures and say, "You know, geez, did a four-year-old do that?" Um, but that's just where I'm at right it's now. Your voice, yeah, hmm. yeah. So, so, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of moving away from that, but. Uh, You know, for four or five years, that's what I was interested in doing: is is abstracting things almost beyond recognition. And so, you know, that's a quality issue. A lot of people would would not consider that good quality. Um, And the third one was um,
0: originality.
1: Originality, yeah. And so there you go. And I thought that I talked about having your own voice. Yeah, I I think it's really hard to be original, but. Uh, Miles Davis talked about this early in his career. He, the, the trumpeter, he realized that he was sounding like um, Clark Terry, and he worshipped Clark Terry. And until Miles deliberately, you know, moved away from Clark Terry's voice and, and delivered, you know, uh, his own voice, um, he didn't he didn't become Miles. And I, I think that's that's absolutely true with uh, with photographers as well.
0: Yeah, but you're right about the the quality. I mean, if we're talking qu- technical quality or technical perfection, that's definitely overrated. And, and because what you know, that's not what makes a great image.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's more feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And I have just found that that in, in my case the. The images that are two seconds long, frankly, you know, pardon the expression, but they are like little movies, kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the subject can move from here to there; other stuff can move, and um, they're kind of noirish, and um, you know, they're they're not sharp, and and so you know, an un, you know, pardon the expression, but an unsophisticated viewer might view it as a, as a mistake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's the risk I take um, with lack of sharpness, um, but it's a choice I made.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, Great. Uh, We have time for one or two more questions. Ken Lyons asked, is there a difference in perception between what a street photographer thinks is a good image and what the viewing public thinks it's a good image? Mm. Is a good image. Sorry.
1: Well, of course, I think. um, You know, you you need to shoot for yourself. I I suppose there are street photographers who are trying to shoot to a formula because they know it'll sell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Street photography to me is extremely spontaneous. Um, It kind of goes back to the ranch for me. I I grew up duck hunting, and, and we used to crawl up on duck sloughs and at any given moment, the slough would just explode. There'd be ducks from the north, there'd be ducks from the south, there'd be ducks coming from behind you, and you had to use your peripheral vision and your senses and everything and you had to decide which to shoot first because if you chose the wrong thing you wouldn't get any and 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 that carried over for me in street photography when when i'm walking down the street things just start happening but it's usually not just one picture you know i I might see three or four uh scenarios developing at once which is why i've almost been hit by a few cars (laughs) Because I just, I honestly just naturally start triangulating into the position to get a picture. And it might be where three or four things are going to collide at once, you know, collide visually. So the point of all this is it's so spontaneous to shoot on the street. Pictures just happen. You can see, for me, you can see them developing. And so I'm just going to get that picture no matter what. And now if, if other people like it, that's a whole different matter. I just know I had to get it. hmm uh, once I have it, of course, you know, I'm going to edit. I'm going to look and say, oh, is that, you know, is that a fine picture or not? Does it have certain elements? Does it, Would it appeal? I mean, I, I think about the audience, but I will say that when I'm making the pictures, um, I am not thinking about the audience at
0: all. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, yeah. uh, you're shooting for you. You're yeah. the one person you have to please.
1: And it's really the decisive moment. I mean, all photographers are, are technically... Addressing the decisive moment because the moment you click the shutter is the moment but mm-hmm. with with frenetic street photography in major cities uh I for the it's the first time uh, and this was years ago when I re- experienced not only the actuality of it but the rush of it the the rush of of when you go click when the three or four or five things line up uh it, there's nothing like it
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, i mean um, so you, you know, g- getting that moment over and over. Uh, some days it happens, and it's just being in the zone. And when that happens, then, then you feel like photography is the greatest thing that that exists. Yes. Um, and I'm convinced, you know, um, you know, there's even probably dopamine involved in that in that equation. Uh, so back to the audience. Um, sure, it depends on your intent. If you're shooting for a magazine or an editor, yeah, you've, you've got to consider your audience. Um, if you're hanging an art exhibit. Eh, it's probably more for yourself and, and hopefully the audience will come along with you.
0: Mm-hmm. True. That's, yeah. That's a good good point. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I totally agree about the, yeah, when you know it's in the can, you <laughs> know,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. That
0: feeling. And, and now we have instant gratification because yeah. we can actually see on the back of our camera if we're shooting digital, although a lot of people are going back to film. So um, then they have to be patient and wait. But yes. now that we, when we can actually see that we we nailed it, oh, there's, no, there's nothing else like it. And it just doesn't get old. And some people sometimes um, ask me after doing that, you know, and, and teaching about it and everything, does it ever get old? I'm like, no, if it ever gets old, I'll do something else. Yeah. Yeah. because it doesn't it's just i think it it gets better because
2: yes <clears throat>
0: you said you you set the bar higher and higher all the time so you That's you're true. harder on yourself so when you get it it's even better than it was a year ago
1: agreed there's there's levels of it there's mm-hmm. there's no doubt that my pictures uh have become more complex because i you know i've been influenced more the more pictures i see and the more the the kind of language of photography evolves around me, I, yeah, my bar is getting higher for, I do a lot of reflections Mm -hmm. in in glass and, and a a lot of deep reflections in street scenes. And so I have to say, it's very intuitive. I, I don't, I can't inspect four or five uh, piece panes of glass. Uh, while a car going by, I just know that there's a feeling about that reflection. And then when I see it later, I might say, oh, my gosh, that's really good <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, or that's crap. But I think it's having the the, the, intu- the just the intuition to know that there's that there's a picture nearby, uh, because by the moment you shoot it or think about it, it is gone. And that, that's the, it you know, that's why it's stupid to kind of chimp out on the street, because the pictures really are fleeting. They're, they're not coming back. Mm-hmm. So, That's- but it sure makes it exciting.
0: Definitely, yes. definitely, it's never, never boring on the street. There is right. always a story to tell,
1: and you need someone with you to, to keep buses out of the way because I have, <laughs> I have stepped off too many curbs, and, and I don't use a long lens; I use a wide lens. But oh boy, I've got to watch it.
0: Yeah, have you have you seen the movie with uh, Bill Cunningham in New York, where at one point he actually. He's he's always on a bicycle but he's always yeah. looking for people wearing fashion and uh and at one point he actually in the in the film there is footage of him running into a, oh. a yellow taxi <laughs> with oh, his bicycle yeah. because he's distracted. We are very distracted. Well, by the world around us. True. <laughs> and- well,
1: especially if you if you think there are more than one thing, you know, it's one thing if you're pursuing a person or or a background but Oftentimes, there are three or four elements that, that are going to juxtapose, and, and it might be five seconds away. And, and so I find myself just just wandering into the right place. And, um, yeah, it's, it can be a little dangerous.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. Uh,
0: let's see. Do we have time? Let's just do one, one question. One. Okay. Um, another one by Rich Flansberg. What? Is one thing about a portfolio or artist that will turn you off the fastest? <laughs>
1: mm. Well, the opposite of what I talked about. I That's think just, right. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, cliche. Yeah. I think, you know, I spent half my college years sitting in the library looking at photography books, you know, Minor White and Robert Frank and Winograd, and, you know, the list goes on. That's why I didn't do well in chemistry. But um, you know, uh, you can see that work in my work. I, I, I think we all, you know, owe a lot of our pictures to the, the masters. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the Life Magazine guys. I just saw an Elliot Erwitt show retrospective, and I mean, you know, I cried. I mean, I mean, he he kind of did a lot of it first, and you know, he had peers for sure. But uh, so it's really tough uh, not to let you know. Tens of bodies of work emerge in your pictures, but I do think you need to just twist it a little at the end somehow you need to you need to and musicians would tell you the same thing um, You need to take those influences, kind of grind them up, and when you spit them back out, it needs to have your your flavor infused mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's hard to do
0: yeah. um, and that changes too that yes. changes with your your style changes all the time with life experiences and technical yes. abilities and.
1: And what you've seen and emotion and all that stuff. So I, I guess I would just say, um, you know, it's an exercise. I, I think a lot of young artists, it happened to me, my my first um, little one-man show, I had 12 or 14 pictures coming out of college. And I shopped them around and three galleries didn't want them and then one did. You know, and I, I think you just, you, you know, you, you just have to believe in your pictures. And yeah. you will find somebody who likes your pictures, Um and, uh, you know, you might have to show in, in, in a bathroom in a coffee shop.
0: That's you right. Know, be honestly. Per- yeah, be persistent, <laughs> be persistent and don't take no for an answer.
1: Ex- exactly. And then <laughs> if you hear enough criticism, then, then go back and, and yeah. you, you need to work on it. You need to woodshed a bit. So uh, I guess that would be my advice.
0: Yeah, you always learn. I mean, as we say, we don't learn from our successes, but we learn from our mistakes, right? So. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So true. Awesome. Well, those were great questions and awesome answers. I was very quiet, more quiet than I usually am on the on this show, but I was really enjoying your your input on all this. So that's uh, thank you. It's awesome. So now we'll go. We'll move right on to the uh, announcing the winners of the last theme, which was silhouettes. And uh, it was tough to pick, um, to pick one winner each, because there were a lot of good entries. What were your thoughts, um, Jeff?
1: Well, I love silhouettes, um, because a lot of my pictures uh, have anonymous forms in them. I've you know, I, most most of the people in my pictures are anonymous. You can't mm-hmm. see their faces. You don't really know who they are. So by definition, I love silhouettes. Um, there was a lot of great work, high, super high quality. Um, I don't know. I think I looked at about 45 pictures, um, and they were all just very alluring. I mean, silhouettes are seductive.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, they're it's sexy. Mystery.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it was tough. I think I narrowed it to three, and then and – then, uh, Valerie made me pick one. <laughs> so, uh, do I should I talk about that? Yes, one? please do. Okay, remind me the artist. Is Mark it, Farrington. Farrington, yes, I think. Ironically, it was one of the last pictures I saw, and it was it was one of the oddest structurally because most silhouettes, almost everything's in silhouette you know, like mostly the whole scene, and then, mm-hmm. and then there's like light coming through and everything's backlit. This image uh, immediately grabbed me, and and I went into this intense kind of narrative about espionage in, in Paris in the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fully lit sidewalk scene of beautiful, like, I, I guess, Uh, not Victorian, but similar buildings. It looks like an Ernst Haas photograph, uh, Kodachrome, you know, fully lit street scene. But in the foreground, there are these two people just about four feet from crossing each other's pants and their body language is both just sinister it's like one's got a gun and, and one's got something else and, and they're they're just either about to pass something or or kill each other
0: <laughs> yeah, i there's swear a lot I of mystery swear. and suspense
1: that's what i got from it and the thing visually it looks like they're pasted onto the background mm-hmm. and when you see it what's so odd is it's an average sunlit day fully lit scene except for the two figures yeah and they're in total black and and then again back to their body language and their position. It's just one of the most beguiling, interesting silhouettes I've ever seen. So that's why I chose it.
0: Great. Well, congratulations, Mark. Uh, he will receive a subscription to Street Photography Magazine. And um, oh, I went back and forth a lot too. And I kept coming back to this shot. Um, it's Foggy Street in Sweden by Robin Wellen. And um, what I like about it, it's just the the whole ambiance. It's very mm-hmm. it's oh it's very timeless for one thing. And um and then there are so many people and it's really hard to get to to make um any image work with, you know, five six seven people in the in Mm -hmm. the shot and especially silhouettes because they have there has to be some separation and here they're mostly people on bicycles and uh, a, a walker and it just works they're all separated and it's just that eerie foggy scene I just there's something about it that really that really spoke to me and and again difficult to make a shot work with so many people in it yes. and this one actually worked so um and there is just beautiful leading lines and and uh yeah completely timeless i mean not if you start reading the signs on the on on the stores but they're not that obvious so uh it's um i really really liked it but there were so many good ones so again it's hard to pick but we have um so both mark and robin will receive a year subscription to street photography magazine and. um and thanks, everyone, for entering. Lots of entries here again. And uh, please keep entering because um, you have a chance every month. So it's, uh, eventually, we'll, uh, you'll get something.
1: <laughs> I'm going to enter the next one for sure. Okay, good. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, you know, actually, you might because uh, <laughs> I'm changing. Uh, I was thinking of doing people at work, and now I think ah. i just changed my mind. Because you were talking about reflections, and Uh now I want to do it. I want to do reflections. So, I'm actually asking you for some samples of your work so we can post them in in the show notes. So, reflections. Well, yeah, I love them too. They give some depth. what, uh, what tips could we give? Just don't be afraid of reflections for mm. one thing, because a lot of people are just like, oh, we need to put a polarizing filter because no. we don't want so much reflection. It's like, no, 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 no reflections no. are good. No polarizers. <laughs> I, uh, do you want a tip? Yes, please do. Again, I
1: think it's so much feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, one of the things about reflections, I don't know, does anyone remember these paintings where if you squint your eyes at them, uh, you can, like, see stuff in them, yep. and if you unsquint your eyes, it goes away. Yep. I, I forget what they're called. Reflections are like that for me. I think uh, I find myself squinting a lot when I'm out uh, on the street and I'm around glass because the squinting, just briefly, lets me see some of the deeper reflections. Um, and I think if you don't do that, you, you will walk by a lot, a lot of pictures and just, just s- dismiss them as too busy. And, and, and so for me, I often won't use a reflection as maybe just one-third of the frame. The, the, the whole picture won't be about the reflection, but I'll place it somewhere. So, and the rest of the frame is maybe a, a street scene, uh, you know, an actual scene that isn't reflected. So I guess uh, I tend to use the reflections as, as little balancing devices and, and little pictures within pictures mm-hmm. uh, to balance what otherwise might be a not very interesting street scene. Um, yeah. So I guess that would be my advice. and, yeah, and, and, and don't
0: be afraid to include a, a self-portrait in the reflection. You know, mm-hmm. that's a, a creative way to to add your your signature. And um, lots Agreed. lots to to work with. Photograph people um, looking looking into. I. I are I love doing that, um, photographing. I mean, it's very voyeuristic, but uh, we're street photographers, so what do you know? (laughs) Well, and let's
1: face it, reflection selfies are way cooler than regular selfies. They are. Yeah, they're cool.
0: And then uh, photographing people inside cafes, you know, and Mm -hmm. then use the reflection for a sense of place. Um, I've often had that um, even when I'm in Paris, and sometimes I don't notice the the true sense of place until after i look at the picture on the screen where i'll have one of those blue street signs you know reflecting yes. in the glass so that really i mean that screams paris right there yeah. so um so think about all that but don't overthink just have fun with it and uh, and go out and and shoot include some reflections and mirrors glass whatever i want to see a lot of uh, really really cool cool pictures so reflections deadline to enter and you enter in the show notes of episode 73, this episode. The deadline will be March 3rd. Great. Now on to our picks of the week. Jeff, you're excited about this one. Which is your pick of the week?
1: On The technical stuff? Yes. I was up north last weekend with two um, college friends, cross-country skiing way up in Michigan. And I mean off the grid, off the grid. But we did bring cameras and iPods. And Christian Berg, a filmmaker from Pennsylvania, unveiled uh, a VINCIC solar panel. Uh, we were in a hunting shack. We did have a wood-burning stove. But he laid this baby out in the window, and it charged so fast. And then he that charged a VINCIC power supply. I looked them up. They're 50 bucks. And this thing, when it's 100% charged... Uh, it charged my little, I have a Fuji X-30, which I just love. It was almost dead. And I'm not kidding you, it fully charged that X-30 in like four minutes. Wow. I mean, we were freaking out. That I mean, I've never seen anything charge so fast. So for three days, we're in, literally in the woods. We're, we're a long ways from electricity, and we were able to power, you know, you couldn't power a toaster, but we were able to power all of our little photographic toys and cameras and stuff. And it was just the slickest thing I've ever seen. So that's Vinsic. I think uh, I sent you a link.
0: Yes, I'll put the link in the show notes.
1: And I tell you, the solar the solar thing looks like a little notebook, but then it folds out into like six little panels. Uh, it's very light. And I think the two together uh, were like $110, mm-hmm. which was also shocking to me that it was so low. So uh, I'm going to go get both of these things eventually. And they're just really, really slick.
0: Great, great tip. All right. Yeah, and mine is a book. And it's a book I've had for a long time, but I know there are several editions. I think they're on the sixth edition. And it's called Photojournalism, The Professional Approach by Kenneth Cobre, Cobre. Um, And it's basically a textbook for photojournalism class. And if that's something, and I know a lot of street photographers are, you know... I'm wanting to pursue um, photojournalism, um, this is the book for you. And uh, it's $37 new on Amazon, but you can definitely get uh, some used copies. It is everything you need to, to know about um, a Approaching this field of photojournalism uh, with examples first from some of the best, so I highly recommend this book. And I, um, it's a book I've had for many years. And uh, once in a while, it's one of those books that you just mm-hmm. page through and uh, and read again. So, photojournalism: The Professional Approach by Kenneth Cobray.
1: Valerie, I had that book in college when I when I was uh, first year photo J student of the mm-hmm. St. Cloud, I had the Cobra book and it is great.
0: Yeah, it is. It's great. So they keep updating it, you know, because mm-hmm. of technology and, and sure. the gear and everything. But uh, yeah, I just saw there it's the sixth edition is out and I have the fifth. So wonderful. Great. Uh, well, that was, uh, that was an awesome, awesome conversation. Um, Jeff, do you have any special announcement for us? What's happening at the Minneapolis Forest Center in the next few months?
1: Well, I'll I'll just talk about a few things. We're we're about to launch four new courses. Um, Three of them we've uh, not had before. One we're bringing back. So we're bringing back Wedding Photography, and it's a a French guy who's living over here. And uh, so it's real wedding reportage. It's real modern uh, kind of um, photo J approach to to weddings. So that'll, that'll be exciting. I mentioned the drone aerial aesthetic class. That will be popular. I know it. Mm-hmm. We, I just can't not do it. And and I think there's just so much uh, interest in it, and there's so confusion about it. So that that I'm excited about. That'll be a two-day class. Uh, the Humans of Minneapolis, which is uh, an offshoot of Humans of New York.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then a Painting with Light course. I'm, I'm going to actually team teach that with one of our members, uh, Roby Chakraborty, who's uh, raised in... In India and in Bengal, and just an incredible photographer, and, and we're gonna we're gonna try to teach that together. So those are those are in the works. Uh, we've got uh, Jim Brannenberg's going to be showing pictures at MPC uh, sometime in May. Mm-hmm. We're still um, trying to lock down the date, and uh, that'll coincide with some pictures he, he'll have published in National Geographic. So we're excited about that. He's a he's a Minnesotan, uh, but of course, world 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 famous. And so that, that'll be exciting for the center. And then... Um, and, the, and
0: Jim is the reason I picked up the camera.
1: Oh, you yeah. Remember? I told you I, the story. I do remember. <laughs> and that's the that, that's story that a lot of people have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and then, Valerie, you and I are, uh, are looking at September for, for uh, uh, a seminar and possibly a call for entry and, uh, and showing some of your work in, a, in our studio salon.
0: Yes, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the, the call for entry. Yeah. It's going to be a, a new adventure. Really fun.
1: Good. Well, so there's a lot going on, and I really appreciate being, uh, being on your show with, uh, with your audience.
0: Yeah, and I'll put all the links. And, uh, and when we have the call for entry um, coming up uh, later this year, I will definitely remind the listeners about it um, at that time as well. Great. Awesome. And for me, uh, well, by the time this show airs, I'll probably have some of the Paris 2017 workshops on the schedule because uh, I know I'm getting requests every day. It's like we just started 2016, but they are sold out this year. So wow. no worries. There will be many more coming in 2017. And uh, you can visit my website and sign up for the newsletter uh, to be kept informed, and that's com. Thank you, Jeff, so much for joining me today. It's been just so much fun. Now, I can't wait to just uh, get, over, get over to the center again and then and, and chat.
1: Thank you so much. And I'm going to just quick plug our website. It's yes. uh, Minneapolisphotocenter.com, and that's mpls photocenter com. Um, And you can see uh, the classes and and the exhibits and uh, and some of the other uh, membership benefits there. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And uh, we'll be in touch. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And do not forget to upload an image for the next Street Challenge, which will be about reflections. And the deadline is March 3rd. And I hope you're enjoying the show. Please don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes and a comment if you have a couple minutes. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets.